One of my favorite movies of all time is Disney's The Lion King. Does anyone else agree? It's a great movie. I think most of us know what happens in the movie, where Simba, a young lion cub, witnesses his father die, and he takes all the blame. And he runs away from home trying to forget his past, trying to forget who he is. But the scene I want us to look at is this one in the movie, where Simba has become a young adult lion, and he runs into a baboon named Rafiki, and he doesn't remember Rafiki from when he was younger. And Rafiki tells Simba, I know your father. And Simba, you know, kind of goes along, well, you knew him. And Rafiki says, no, I know him. He is alive. And and Simba hears these words with disbelief, but with hope at the same time. And Rafiki says, I will take you to him. And so Simba follows Rafiki to this body of water. And Rafiki tells him to look in. And and Simba looks in, and we can see it on his face. We can hear it in his voice as his heart drops. It's just my reflection. But Rafiki tells him to look harder. As Simba does, slowly but surely, in his own reflection, he sees his father Mufasa looking back at him. And soon enough, he hears his father's voice calling out to him, remember who you are. You are more than what you have become. Remember who you are. You are mine. Remember who you are and take your place. I want us to hold these words with us this morning. Because the call to remember that Rafiki gave Simba is a call that we as Christians should know well. Because it's a call that we find throughout scripture to remember. It's the entire point of why we have God's word written down for us. So that we can remember, so that we can know who our God is, so that we can know and remember his story. A story of a faithful God. A story of everlasting and extravagant grace and love. A story of power and healing. A story of a God who is alive and a God who is at work. Remembering as Christians is one of the most powerful tools that we can use. But it's not just remembering God's story and not just remembering who our God is, but also remembering who we are. Because often in the midst of, a, of this broken world, where it so often can feel like It's trying to steal our worth and trying to steal our hope. 
Sometimes we need a Rafiki to tell us to look harder. To look harder and remember who we are. We catch a glimpse of this remembering of who we are in the passage that Brooke read for us from Revelation. But often when we hear just the name of the book, Revelation, we can either stop listening or or we can approach it with fear because of what we think the book of Revelation is about. But the book of Revelation was a book, it was a letter written to persecuted Christians to give them encouragement, to give them assurance. We as Christians should find nothing but hope in the book of Revelation. Because the book of Revelation reminds us time and again that Jesus Christ is Lord and King this day. And nothing and no one can change that. The book of Revelation it reminds us in this life that no matter what monsters may come up, no matter how much discouragement that we face, that Christ is king and that he holds us and our future in his hands. And we can stand assured in what our future holds for us. That no matter what is happening now, no matter when the nations rage and war, no matter what is happening now, in the future there will come a day when every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We know that one day, There will be no more death, no more pain, no more sin. We as Christians should find nothing but assurance to stand on and to live by in the book of Revelation. But often, when we approach this book, we can become overcome by the imagery And by the words, and we can miss. We can miss glimpses of reminders of who we are. Like in in what Brooke read for us, there's this, this brief glimpse, this brief reminder of who we are as Christians. And sometimes we need to look harder to see it. In this passage... In Revelation 1, we find the reminder that Jesus loves us. And we can often lift up that Jesus loves all of us. We can lift up for God so loved the world that he sent his only kind son so that whosoever believes will not perish, but will have everlasting life. We can lift up how extravagant God's love is for all people. But in Revelation, it says, Jesus loves you, each and every one of us. God's heart is for you. 
Christ's love for each and every one of us, even when we feel worthless, even in the midst of sin, Jesus loves us. God is anything but indifferent when it comes to us. The second truth about who we are is that Jesus has freed us from our sins. We, we can easily fall into a trap of saying that we live in a broken world and it's just too easy to sin. But what we find here is the, the reminder that Christ has already won the victory. That in his death and resurrection, that, that sin has lost the war. Sin and temptation only have as much power over us as Christians as we allow it to. We are loved by Jesus. We have been freed from our sins. They can never be held against us. And because we are loved, because we have been freed, this passage tells us that we have been made into a kingdom of priests to serve our God. And that isn't just a future reality, it is a present reality. That here, right here, this day, right now, no matter our age, no matter what we may think is our ability, we have been made into a kingdom of priests to serve our God. We have been deemed worthy to lift high the name of Jesus. We have been empowered by God's Holy Spirit to share his good news. We have been equipped by God at birth, each of us with unique gifts to glorify God's name each and every day. We are loved. We have been freed. And we are a kingdom of priests who get to glorify God each and every day. This is our truth. This is our story as Christians. But also hear me in that every time we catch a glimpse in Scripture of remembering who we are now in Christ... Every time we catch that reminder of being worthy and loved and blameless, of, of being beloved and chosen, every time we hear that reminder of being heirs to God's kingdom, it always comes out of who God is. And who God has chosen to be for us. Just as in the entirety of the book of Revelation, we find the assurance of what our future holds. Of who we are. The assurance stands alone in who Christ is. Our identity as believers is tied in to, to God's story, 
our lives are tied in and a part of God's. God didn't stop speaking at the end of Revelation. God is still speaking to this very day, and many of us can name times in our lives that we have experienced the living God, when we have heard God speak to us, when we have felt assurance. God hasn't stopped speaking. And one of the most powerful ways that God continues to speak is through us, through broken but made whole believers. God uses our lives, each and every one of our lives, to tell his story of redemption, to tell his story of truth and love. When we take the time to look harder in our reflection and remember just who it is that we are, to remember that God looks at us and says, you are mine. And you are more than what you have become. You are more than what this world tells you. Our stories, our stories are just a part of God's greater story for all of humanity. Through us, God chooses to lead others to learn the truth and good news of the name of Jesus. Through our gifts, through our presence, through our hearts, God makes people whole. Who we are is so much greater than we often give ourselves credit for. And so this month at St. Matthew's in worship, we're going to be looking at people in Scripture like Anna and Paul and Ezekiel and Mary Magdalene and how they purposefully placed their stories in God's greater story how they placed their life as an offering of worship so that who God is could be proclaimed and made known. And so we're going to look at these people's stories as we talk about and pray about how we can do the, how we can do the same as individuals. But even more than that, we're going to talk about how we can place our individual stories and make our stories part of St. Matthew's story. Because we believe and know that God has called us to be this particular church. You're here for a reason. When we come to church, God has called us here. And so why has God called us to this particular church, to this particular body of believers? So that God can be glorified, so that God can move in and through his children. Sometimes it it can be so easy to miss just what what God is doing, how special it is to be a part of this particular body of believers. This year in worship, Intersection has added 20 new members. This year, starting in August, we are feeding over 300 people on Wednesday nights. And when I try to explain that to other pastors and churches, they do not understand how it's possible that so many people in the midst of their week want to come together and eat and have studies and talk with one another. 
It's not nothing that so many families choose to give of their time on a holiday weekend to deliver meals for Christ's cupboard. It's not nothing that so many adults want to, to serve our children and youth. God is up to something here. And so this month, we're not just going to look at and talk about and pray about how we can place our individual stories in God's greater story. We're going to look at how we can be a part of St. Matthew's story that God is writing. Because God is up to something. All we have to do is choose to be a part of it. And choose to remember who we are are that we are gods that we are loved we have been freed and that we have been made into a kingdom of priests to serve and glorify his holy name but just like we sometimes need a rafiki telling us to look harder we need to hear Mufasa's voice telling us calling us to take our place. Because each and every one of us has a place. No one in this body can ever discount themselves. Scripture tells us that God places within each particular church the gifts in every member to fulfill God's mission. That means that as we come together, that we need all of us. All of us using the gifts that God has chosen to give us in our birth. To glorify his name to do his good works of love and mercy and grace. So will we remember who we are? Will we we choose to remember that we are often more than what we've become in this world? And what will we choose? Will we choose to take our place so that God's name can be glorified. And so that this particular church of Christ's body can be everything that God wants us to be. Because we need you. And so this month, we are going to be talking about it. And we are going to be praying about it. And we are going to seek to, to place our lives in God's story all humanity. So may we remember and may we hear his call. And so it's only fitting that that today as we hear the call again to remember who we are, to remember what God has made us, that we gather around this table that we gather around the Lord's table, a table that doesn't belong to anyone but Christ, that we gather around this table and we remember who our God has chosen to be for us. We remember that in our sin and in our brokenness that God did not turn away, 
but that God came running to us with arms wide open to make sure that we know of his extravagant love for us so that we may know that we are a forgiven people. And so we gather remembering the night that Jesus gathered with his disciples around the table and how Jesus took bread and broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, take, eat, this is my body that I will willingly break so that each of you may be made whole. And then he took the cup and said, this is my blood, my love that I will pour out so that you may be covered in grace and brought in to God's family. We remember his death, but we remember that in his death, that death was defeated. We remember his resurrection. We remember the hope that is ours. We remember what is to come. That Jesus Christ is king. So we come to this table remembering God's sacrifice on our behalf. And we come to remember that we have been empowered by God's spirit to do his good works and to praise his holy name. And so as we gather, we ask, O Lord, that you pour out your spirit upon these gifts of bread and wine. Make them be for us the body and blood of Christ so that we may be for the world the body of Christ redeemed by his blood. Make us one in ministry with you and with one another until Christ returns and we all feast at his heavenly banquet. All honor and glory is yours, almighty God, now and forever. Amen. We're going to invite our children who are helping to serve forward. And as they come forward, it's just a reminder, as I said earlier, this is God's table. And so you don't have to be a member of this church or any church to come, but when you come, You'll have the opportunity to place your offering and attendance sheets in a basket that will be held by one of the children leading us in worship. And then you'll be offered a piece of gluten-free bread. And then you'll be offered a chance to dip it in the cup.
And so what's going to happen is our worship team is going to come first and be served. And then after they're set on the stage and start playing, we're going to invite the rest of you to come forward as you feel led. But I also encourage all of you who put children in the nursery or children's church to go and get them so that they can be a part of this time as well. And then, and just as another note, that when you come, you'll be given an annual report after your serve communion. Because this is something that we want all of us to be reading about and praying over and seeing just what God has been doing in the life of this particular church over this past year and what our ministries want to do next year as we place our stories in God's story here at St. Matthew's. And so you'll be invited to take one of these, to take it home, to pray over it, to see. And then in your Sunday school classes, if you're a part of one, there's a spiritual gifts inventory at the end of it, and our Sunday school classes will be working through that. But if you're not a part of a class, the quiz is in there with the results to see what it is that our gifts are that God has given us. And it will provide ways for us to be thinking about how we can use our gifts for God's glory. And so we invite you to come as you feel led.